Thank you for listening to this week's audio. This is the broadcast of Is He the Way to Be Fruitful? Taken from John's Gospel on the 12th of July 2020. As ever on some of the scenes where there's um, visual imagery only, I'll try to bring that to life by explaining what's going on. taking the decision today to want to connect with us. My name's Roger and I'm the pastor here of Dorchester Community Church. You know, you don't need to teach a toddler to throw a tantrum or go against their parents' wishes, do you? But equally, we don't need to teach ourselves as adults to want to, to be happy and to live a fulfilled life. We each of us want that. Even people that are maybe loafing around all day on their video games, they want to get the best possible score, don't they? The highest total to be the best that they can be. Each of us want to be fruitful, whether or not it's something mundane at home to tick off all those those lists on the house, of household chores and think, yeah, I've had a really fruitful day. Or whether or not it's in terms of having our own business and really succeeding and living a fruitful life in that capacity. You know, today in the last of our, our current teaching series, Jesus, in his own words, he addressed that very subject. But what he said when he spoke into that was, you know what, you want to live a fruitful life? Then you're going to need to have me at the centre of it. Wow. What's the implication of that? How does that come about? What does that mean for you and for me? We're going to be exploring that together as we do church in a few moments' time. But before that, something a little bit more light-hearted, something to get the vocal cords going. I want you to imagine yourself as being a part of the crowd. Are you ready, Freddie? I hope you join in, wherever you're watching this from, and actually respond in the way that Freddie intended. shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life, and I am the way, the truth, 
and the life. There's one more massive statement that Jesus comes out with in John's Gospel, in John chapter 15. But before we explore what that is, we're going to hear from Grace, one of our members who's put pen to paper in in very poetic form, has actually written something that she's called The Journey of Life. Take hold of these words and then after that, we're going to be worshipping God in song together. The Journey of Life. We're all on a journey, the journey of life. We will all have our share of struggles and strife. But there's one who can guide us and show us the way. And he'll never leave us by night or by day. We don't walk in darkness, for he is the light. The light goes before us and keeps our path bright. We don't need a road map, for he is the way. And he'll never leave us by night or by day. We're all like sheep who have lost our way. But he's the good shepherd. He won't let us stray. We don't need to doubt him, for he knows what's best. Every word that he uttered offers life, peace and rest. We may go up a sidetrack, but he'll welcome us back and help us to follow to get back on track. At the end of our journey, he'll bring us safely home to the place God has promised for all of his own. There'll be no more sadness or sorrow or pain. We will be there with Jesus and with saints we will reign. So will you walk with this Jesus as you travel through life? His love is eternal. His grace will suffice. He'll be with you always, by day and by night. For he is the way, the truth and the light. This song is called Guardian. Hope you're able to join in and worship God as you listen to this great worship song right now.
You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you, so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Hi everyone, I'm Laura and I help um, teach in the Community Kids group on Sundays. So if any Community Kids are watching, then hello and we're missing you and hopefully we can all be back together again soon. Now, over the past few weeks we've been looking at when Jesus said in the Bible, I am. wonder if you can remember any of the things that Jesus said he was like. He said, I am... He said, I am the bread. Jesus said, I am... The light. The light. Jesus also said, I am the... Door. And what else did he say? He said he was the... Shepherd. Yeah. And then he said he was the... The long word. Can you remember it? No. Resurrection. And the life. And then last week, Claire and Molly and Jack talked about how he was the way. the way. Now this week we're talking about when Jesus said, I am the vine. Now here we are with a vine. This vine grows grapes. And some behind Francis here. Loads of them on this vine. Now, Jesus said, I'm the vine, but he also said, you are the branches. So, we are the branches and he is the vine. 
What does that mean? That means that we need to stay connected to him. Because if we cut off one of these branches, what would happen to the grapes on the end? They would die. They would die and the branch would die. The branch needs to stay connected to the vine. And we need to stay connected to Jesus. And we can, how can we stay connected to Jesus? What can we do? How to stay connected to Jesus? We can pray. We can talk to God. He loves it when we talk to him. We can sing songs to him. We can read stories about him. And he loves it when we are connected to him. Right, now we have a little challenge for you. And I thought for our challenge today, we should do something that involves using grapes because we've been talking about Jesus saying, I am the vine. So for your challenge today, you need some grapes. And the other thing you need is lots of these cocktail sticks. Be careful with them because they are a bit pointy on the end. Um, so your challenge is to make a picture or a structure Anything you like that's made out of grapes and cocktail sticks. Now we've been doing some at home and we can show you what um, we've made. So what did you make, Francis? I made the London Eye. And two houses joined together. And I made this strange structure here, some modern design. And, and I made one house and a starry wheelie thing. Yeah. Did you enjoy making that? Yeah. yeah. Have a go, guys. Say bye. Bye. And have a go. That's great. Thanks ever so much, Pat, for that reading. And also to Laura with brilliant help of Rupert and Francis again with what you're teaching us, but also giving us an opportunity to build something and to make something just using some grapes and some cocktail sticks. So kids, I hope that anything you create this week, before you munch uh, your way through the grapes, you'll actually send us a picture of what you have made. We would love to see those next week. And now back to John chapter 15. Well, what's going on? Well, we know who two of the characters uh, are, don't we? Because Jesus uh, tells us. Firstly, he says, I am the true vice, and we know who he is. But we then know that Jesus then says, my father is the farmer, the gardener. But the question for us is, who are the branches? Well, there are the branches that are attached to it, yeah, but there are also the ones that don't then bear fruit, that are cut off, dried, and then burnt. So who are they? Well, to know what's been going on, we need to set the context a little bit. And to do that, we need to go back probably to John chapter 13, where it's pretty clear that up in that upper room, there were two types, if you like, of disciple there. Jesus had been washing his disciples' feet. And he then foretold that one of them would indeed betray him. Then he identified Judas as being that disciple. Now when Jesus said, one of, you will, uh, one of you will betray me, nobody there would have looked at Judas at all. He looked the part of what it would be to be a true follower. He looked as if he would have fitted in. He would have been trusted. This was the guy who looked after the money after all. 
It's not enough to look the part. And we'll be thinking about that a little bit later on. But Jesus also gave the shocking news that Peter would disown Jesus three times. By the time we get to the passage that Pat has just read in John chapter 15, Judas is gone. There's only the 11 that are left. Who knows? Maybe they're they're walking uh, along uh, through some pathway in Palestine and, and, and they're passing some vineyards, they're passing some fruit trees, they're passing olive bushes. And then as they see one particular vineyard, Jesus stops and points to it, grabs hold of his disciples' attention and says, I am the true vine. He wants them to grab hold of a particular truth, a particular lesson. And often, he did that most through what he was seeing in and around them. They could remember as a visual aid. What next? Well, the imagery of the vine is not new. Jesus is grabbing hold of imagery from the Old Testament, where it was used time and time again. In Isaiah chapter 5, Israel, the people of God, is presented as a vine. This is what God says there. I planted my vine, my vineyard, in a very fertile hill. And verse 1 to 7 goes on to talk about everything God did to give them all that was necessary to bring forth grapes. Grapes may be like these here, which I have to say are really quite nice. But sadly, all that they produced was bushim. In other words, sour berries that were not really that nice at all. In fact, they were pretty useless and tasted rather disgusting, unlike those which are pretty incredible, I have to say. This is what Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 22 says about it, where God says, Yet I planted you as a choice vine, holy of pure seed. How then have you turned degenerate and become a wild And that metaphor carries on through the Maccabean uh, period as well, between the Old and the New Testament. The Maccabeans even minted uh, coins, and on the coin was a vine which was illustrative of Israel. Israel did not prove to be a fruitful vine. And then here comes Jesus, who simply says, I am the true vine. He embodies fully what the people of God were meant to be. But he's also drawing his followers' attention to himself as being the source of their own being fruitful. Now I want to suggest three applications from this passage. But before I do, we're going to pause for a song. The song is called From the Inside Out. And the first words of this song are these words. A thousand times I've failed, still your mercy remains. And should I stumble again, I'm caught in your grace, everlasting. Your light will shine when all else fades. Take to heart the words of these, uh, or words of this next song, which may help you as well as me in our own being connected with this amazing God. Stop. 
It's ridiculous that cricket isn't allowed. Nobody in our team has ever caught anything. And good news for me is cricket is actually back. Yes, but that's another story. Okay, so we've got three applications that I want to draw out then from this passage. Or if you prefer, why not see these as maybe means of, of setting your own personal goals? We could do that as well. Firstly, seek to be fruitful. Secondly, stay connected. And thirdly, stop playing games. Oh, that sounds a bit heavy, doesn't it? So, firstly, seek to be fruitful. Verse 5, Jesus says these words. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. 
If a person remains in me and I in him, then he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is not about anyone doing good things. It's way more than that. You can't do that spiritually unless you have a complete relationship with God. And that's what Jesus is referring to when he's actually sharing about himself being the vine or the true vine. Fruit comes from and is only through our own being connected with him. You've got to get yourself connected. So, start of a 10, who was it that actually did that song back in the 90s? I reckon there'd be maybe Chris Martin, Kay Cox, maybe Lindsay Wilson. One of those three would be quickest on the buzzer. We'll have to see, won't we? So, what about then these dead branches? That's what we're going to be uh, thinking about now. I think that's quite a tough one. So tough, I thought we need somebody else to maybe think that one through for us. So, I asked Dave, who's one of our leadership team, to give that some thought. And here's Dave sharing his insights on what those dead branches are all about. Dave. Thank you, Roger. And hello, everybody. I am the vine, you are the branches. That's what Jesus said in John 15 and verse 5. And so I got to wondering, was there any way in which I could find something for you to demonstrate what a vine looks like? So I went out into the garden and I came back with this. It's a raspberry cane. But if we take the raspberry cane to be the vine and to represent Jesus, then follow up the stem of the vine, we will come to a place where there are branches growing out of the vine or abiding in the, in the vine. The end of the branches is a place where there is fruit growing. The vine has acted as a channel to bring up all the goodness and nutrients from the soil around and feed it directly into the branches. Hence, we have that delicious fruit. Here's some I prepared earlier, just so that you could see exactly what you're missing. I prepared it earlier, but I'm going to eat it a little later. So Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. Let's look at John 15 and verse 5 and read what it says there. He who abides or lives in me and I in him will bear much fruit. But when apart or separated from me, he can do nothing. So I brought in uh, another piece of the vine, a piece that's been uh, separated and broken off from the main vine. And this is good for nothing but to be thrown away uh, as soon as possible, really. And that's exactly what John 15 and verse 6 has to say to us. Let's read that. Those who do not abide or live in me are cast forth as a branch and wither and die. The dead branches are gathered up and burned. So this branch that has been uh, broken off or separated from the vine and from all the goodness that the vine was bringing to it 
has already started to wither and die. And you can see where the fruit would have been, uh, and that too has died away and is absolutely no good to anyone. So I'm going to burn it. But Christians, of course, are in a great position in the vine because they are the branches. They have come to Jesus and asked him to forgive them their sins and to come in and share their life. It's what we call being born again. They've got connected up. They are now abiding in the vine. And they can never be uh, accidentally broken off of that vine again. John 10 tells us uh, no one, no one can ever snatch us out of his hands. If you're abiding in the vine or living with Jesus then you are safe and secure because being with Jesus is a safe place to be. Jesus himself will now fight for you and speak for you in the presence of Almighty God, his Father. And you can't get better than that. So now it's back to you, Roger, while I just carry on and finish off the fruits of my vine. That's really helpful. Thank you ever so much. Now, like probably many of you over lockdown, I've been out in the garden sorting out a load of stuff that needed to be cutting back. Branches in particular. Now, some of those are sort of like some weedy ones, and it's a matter of getting the secateurs out and cutting those things back. Some of the branches, of course, are a little bit thicker, and you need to get your loppers out to cut those, which is great. But others, this is amazing, to get out the ultimate man toy. And this is me kind of having a bit of fun with my chainsaw. You know, in some places, it's not actually easy to see where the whole trunk ends and the branches kind of begin. They're sort of intertwined with the life of the tree. And in the same way, believers are intertwined with the life of Jesus. He is the vine and we are the branches. There is a clear connection. And so as a result of that connection, we should, by very nature, bear fruit. In this passage, Jesus mentions stuff like obeying his commands, having joy, loving one another, being a witness in, in and around the world. And we're not going to unpack any of that uh, today, but we could list a whole host of other, other fruit. Think about the fruits of the Spirit that are listed in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, or other marks of the Christian. Things like humility, being an encourager, having a forgiving spirit. Jesus said, by this, by these things, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. You know, the only way we know if someone's faith is real is by the evidence. You know, you can't produce fruit to become a Christian, but there has to be fruit to prove that you are one. James chapter 2 and verse 26 was very blunt, where he says there that faith without deeds is dead. Verse 2, we read there that he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so, it, so that it will be even more fruitful. 
that pruning, as many of us have discovered, can be painful. But as every gardener will tell you, and as David Herring illustrated so brilliantly in his little uh, uh, mini-vid as a plug to this broadcast during the week, if you saw it, pruning is essential. But the bottom line is what Jesus sums up in verse 16, where he simply says to you and me, go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Next, Jesus says, stay connected. And there's that song again. Okay, now as the branches, we are then called to bear fruit. But we can't do that unless we're connected to Jesus as this living vine. Our prayer life and our getting to grips with God's word are going to be key to enable us to remain connected. It doesn't just happen. And if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you know exactly the reality of, of how tough that could be to stay connected at times. To God, to his people, all sorts of things. It can be hard. It's important for us to, to stay connected. And Jesus emphasises the importance of it because of how many times he uses the word remain, 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 or abide in is another translation. In this passage in John chapter 15, it's in verse 4, verse 5, verse 6, verse 7, and indeed verse 10 as well. How can we stay connected this week? How can you stay connected this week? Okay, it's now that time of the week for our da, 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 our celebrations. Each week as a church, because our, our mission statement is celebrating and sharing the love of God, we have an opportunity to share some church family news. Now maybe you will remember um, a competition that we had of naming a station. God, that smell wafting out of the chocolate is incredible. Naming the station for the model railway of David's. That competition was won by Phoebe Herring. And here is Phoebe checking out the brand newly named Chuggington Station. Well done again, Phoebe. But there is another competition that we've got now about naming the purple friend of Andrew. So maybe you saw the picture of that last week. This is a reminder. So kids, get your thinking caps on. We want a really uh, creative uh, name for that. If you can come up with that, that would be brilliant. So there may well be a chocolate going for somebody. I'll put it back there because we don't know yet who's going to win. Okay, I'll need to just put that to one side because this week I had something really interesting in the post. And it's not just really interesting in the post when you get something like, like that. You think, wow, what's that? That feels interesting. I don't know if you can see all those goodies in there. And there was then a little card as well. Now, I know those have fallen everywhere. First of all, I thought they were for me, but it's not just for me at all. But this was what the card said. It's a card from Camilla, 
and the safe... Uh, no, no, not that, Camilla. Camilla and the safe families team. It says, Dear Roger and team, this is just a box of treats for you guys as you support your church and your community. We want, to be, uh, want you to know that we're praying for wisdom, peace and encouragement as you make decisions going forward. May God richly bless you. Now, we've probably got about six different uh, volunteers, I think. So, uh, guys, those of you who are involved in supporting uh, families, some of these we're going to be passing on to you. That was a thank you from the Safe Families team. Who are Safe Families? Well, you can Google that to find out a little bit more about that. But basically, Safe Families is an organisation that exists to help particularly churches or groups that know their local area do what they want to do and have got a right heart to do but to help that love and care take place in a very much more professional uh, way. So we've been grateful for their input there. Now it's time for some birthdays to mention as well. On Monday, it's the birthday of Chris Wilson. Uh, uh, so happy birthday for you, Chris, on Monday. And there he is downing his, uh, his pipe. Now I don't know if you can see on the picture, but I notice in his left hand he's holding a sachet of ketchup. What has that got to do with holding a point in one hand, one hand and a sachet of ketchup in the other? Answers on a postcard. Maybe you can let us know, Chris. Okay, this next birthday is back again to Phoebe. Well, Phoebe, this is a double dose for you. You're getting another one of these. And it's Phoebe's birthday on Tuesday. So, happy birthday, Phoebe. Not sure if anybody's got a birthday on Wednesday, but on Thursday... It's my birthday! So, a happy birthday to Roger uh, for this coming Thursday. Fantastic! Happy birthday to me. Hello everyone. I hope you're all keeping well and staying safe. Yes, it is me, Chrissy Fretwell, but looking a little bit different with the long hair. Getting used to it, Well, let's just say it's growing on me. Um, I wanted to pop on today to say a very special happy birthday for next Thursday to my wonderful husband, Roger Frapwell. I hope you have the most amazing day. I love you so very much. Take care. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Now then, take a look at this, because on the week where we talked about the vine, here's some of our members uh, toasting their glasses off maybe Ribena, in Martin and Marie's brand new, although unfinished, home. Take a look. Cheers, Cheers everybody. Cheers. <laughs> Welcome to our housewarming, <laughs> nearly. Our first meal together in our new house. We haven't got a kitchen, and we haven't got any furniture, but um, we've all got warm hearts and plenty of food. <laughs> I hope you're all doing really well. Okay, need to shift the chocolates maybe over to there because a few uh, weeks back when we looked at the, uh, uh, the, the claim that Jesus made of I am the Good Shepherd, received a card from Jill and Sue and I thought I would read that. It says, I thought this is a very good illustration Roger, of the church services that are being sent out online at the moment. I want to say thank you for your weekly letters and the CDs of the services. Uh, we feel very, very much a part of the church. This is from Sue and Jill. We pray together each morning for the church family and Melrose, which is where they live, 
And we also read Psalm 91 uh, together as well. Well, I thought it'd be great to just check that out. And I want to leave you with just a couple of verses from Psalm 91, which says these words. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And thank you so much to Sue and Jill for that card as well. Now, as we think about the shepherd, that takes me back to the week where we looked at I am the good shepherd. Well, on that theme here, we have an opportunity to hand over to our amazing ministry of puppets. Let's hear what they're getting up to this week. That was close. Those sheep are really getting out of hand. It's the lockdown and restrictions. Everyone's getting restless because we can't get out and do our usual activities to let off steam. Yes. The sheep are boisterous at the best of times, but now they're getting positively dangerous. And they're naughty too. You heard they hit Grandpa Price's glasses the other day. I didn't know that. Worse than that, they put them on baby Jesus in his crib. Oh no! Oh yes! Oh no! Uh, let's not get into all that again. You're right. Did Grandpa Price get his glasses back from baby Jesus? Yes. Made him cry, though. What, the baby? No, Grandpa Price. He was so happy to have got his specs back. He was going around all afternoon saying, John 9.25, John 9.25. What's that? I was blind and now I see. Oh, when Jesus had healed the blind man, right? Hmm, you know, that makes me think. Those sheep could do with a good... Beating. Yes, you're right. No, no, that's not what I was going to say. No one should ever be beaten, whatever they've done. No, they need a good... Clip round the ear. No, no hitting. They need a good... Stew. No. Oh, what? Stew. Lamb stew. That'd fix them if we ate them. I thought you were a vegetarian. Oh, yes. Maybe I am getting carried away a bit. No, I was going to say they need a good shepherd. Yeah, give them a good shepherd. That'll sort... Eh? What are you talking about? You know, in the Bible, Jesus said he was the good shepherd. Like a father figure to support, encourage and be a role model to his flock. Someone to teach the sheep, or any of us for that matter, how to behave to be respectful and kind to others. And you think that'll calm the sheep down and stop them rampaging about and singing and dancing all hours of the night? Well, I quite enjoy their singing and dancing, so they just need someone to show them the right way to be with others so no one gets hurt or upset. Are you volunteering? Not me, but Grandpa Price might do it. Now he can see again. Let's go and find him. Okay, well, it's good to be with Keith and Carol. Now then, Keith, 
you, you've had a, a bit of an ordeal the last couple of weeks. Tell us what's gone, been going on with you. Well, I uh, was taken ill on... Um, I was rushed in on Monday. They thought I had a heart attack. But that, then I was released out. The following day, I got worse and I was collapsed in the doctor's uh, surgery, rushed to the hospital. Um, I had a bit of a shock because... Um, I went in with a uh, infection and come out with a pacemaker. <laughs> okay. But um, anyway, cut long story short, I'm hopefully on the mend. I've got to go back in for another procedure, but that's way in the month. And uh, I'd like to thank people for praying for me. Bless I think it's given a bit of a lift, you know, regarding, um, you know, that people care. Brilliant. It's great to see you back, Keith, as well. It really is. Then, Carol, I know this has been a tough time for you as well, but have you got a message at all yourself for the church? Well, again, thank you for all the prayers and the messages I've had on the phone. Um, I keep in contact with quite a few people by phone, um, and they've been encouraging me. I, I did actually go and get quite depressed with the whole thing because it was such a shock. Um, I thought he was coming home with me, but he went off in an ambulance, and... Um, I, I really did have quite um, a dreadful time, but we're getting through it. So I thank you for all your prayers. I just can't wait to see you all again. I miss you all so much. That has been such a painful three or four months for me, not seeing you, not being able to talk to you. Um, we've met up with a few people, but it's not the same as being in church Sunday. So, And I thank all of you that do the Sunday morning recording um that has kept us going that really has kept us going and we know sunday's the only day that seems normal but i'm not sure that anything so. seems normal to be honest i'll no, tell you what I sunday what seems far from normal for me give everybody a wave then this is keith and carol bless you. god bless you Bye. guys <laughs> good morning i'm bringing your prayers today it's glenn and as i've been thinking and praying about this i've been thinking about our church and when I say church, I mean all of those who are listening and watching and those who count themselves as part of Dorchester Community Church. All of you are the church. So I want to pray for all of us. That God will be close to us. That he would keep our spirits up. And our hope for this world high. We need to lean on him when times are hard, and these are hard times for many. Lord, I pray that you will be close to us, that you will bring peace in our hearts, that we would truly be able to lean on you in these times. I thank you, Lord, that we can pray these things out to you and you're listening. I pray for protection over all of us as we're allowed to meet up more and more, that we can mix more with other people and other families. Lord, would you be our safety, that our refuge would be under your wings, as it says in Psalm 91. Lord, be with us, be over us, protect our lovely church family, Lord.
And finally, I pray for wisdom for the leadership and the trustees as we seek to reopen the building bit by bit in a safe way for the protection of everyone. It's a difficult balance. We all want to reopen and be meeting up together and yet, if we do that, we risk hurting people, maybe people dying. So Lord, you know what the right way is. I pray you bring wisdom, bring grace over everyone. Help us to know your plan because you planned it before the beginning of time so that we might do this in the right way. Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to be returning back now to John chapter 15. Remember that third application? Well, I don't know if you look like that after the homeschooling that you have been involved in if you're a parent. I hope not. I hope you found that to be a pleasurable experience. Back then to our passage. Stop playing games. Now, I wonder if you have ever said that to somebody, particularly if somebody's been quite annoying because they're not telling you something that you really want to know. But that's maybe some of the message that's coming through here. Don't play games in terms of what your faith is about. Remember Judas? Well, he was kind of remembered as being the bad, uh, the, the bad guy, wasn't he? There was nothing obvious about his life or his, his character or his behaviour uh, that made him look any different to anybody else. Nothing that distinguished him as maybe being a fake disciple. Far from it. But looks can be deceiving, can't they? And yet clearly at that final meal, we know that there were two types of disciples. There were those who were being remaining in, abiding in, and were attached to the vine. And there was certainly one who wasn't, who was then going to be cut off. This passage is all about people who are seemingly attached. And that's the challenge for ourselves. But there's no life because there is no fruit. I'd say that's a challenge for every single person who claimed to be a member of any Christian church. You know, the tragedy of Judas would have still been very much at the forefront of the disciples' minds. And here's Jesus flagging up that there are then two types of branches. There's also here a warning, I think, to ourselves. And the warning is this, that those who have only an outward appearance of being followers could one day end up being burned. And in fact, the Bible says that it would be better for those people to have never been born in Mark chapter 14. Jesus taught exactly the same when he spoke of the sheep and the goats that we can read about in Matthew chapter 25. Where there, there are two groups of animals, sheep and goats. And they both would graze together on the hillsides of Palestine. So that from a distance, they would look exactly the same. But it would only be as you brought that picture up close, that you'd be able to discern which was a sheep and which was a goat. Interestingly, in that passage, both the sheep and the goats, they refer to this Jesus as being Lord. But one group of sheep and one group are goats. One group is saved, one group are not. And in his very famous Sermon of the Mount, Jesus added this as an extra he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter 
the kingdom of God. What a huge challenge that is. There are, of course, people who will indeed build a religious house, but they build it on sand. And one day that lack of reality could lead, indeed, to a mighty crash. Why not be sure to make that right decision right now? How do you do that? Well, you've got to get yourself connected. There we go. Again, there's that song. But, firstly, a little pause of me. Hmm. Cup of coffee. Maybe something a little bit lighter for us. Here's a girl who wanted to not just give the outer appearance of being nice and making a difference at all. She wanted to genuinely be helpful. She's really, really cute. Hopefully, you'll love this clip. Take a look. And what you can't see here is this beautiful, cute little girl, probably aged about three, who brings her a cup of water for her little brother. She then goes back and gets another cup and brings a cup of water for her brother's friend. And then she goes and gets another cup and brings it back for the final little boy there. And the clip then ends with us seeing that little girl actually being seen to get the cup of water from, yep, you've guessed it, from the toilet. Well, before we close and before you have an opportunity to partake of enjoying the fruit of the vine, we're going to actually have a song together. This song, this final song, we say deliberately until the end. It's called Here Is Love. It's a song that's been played in the form of Peace Together by our worship group. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Why have we left the song to last? Well, there's one verse that we had uh, read out to us, but we didn't really think anything about it or refer to it. But in John chapter 15 and verse 13, Jesus says these incredible words. He says... Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. It's even a quote that was used in the original uh, of Jungle Book for that sacrificial act of Baloo, uh, the, uh, the bear. You may well remember seeing that. It's a great film, isn't it? Jesus was about to lay down his life for his friends. But not only his friends. He's about to lay down his life for the likes of you and for me. Being punished as he gives up his life to die that cruel death on the cross. But not only so, so that his being punished where we should have been, his being punished for your wrong and mine, but also he then demonstrates that he's God by coming back to life. In the same way as we, we looked at a couple of weeks ago about his saying, I am the resurrection, and the life. And as we've gone through not just one, but seven of these I am, I am, I am, so it ought to draw attention to what he's saying when he uses those words, because I am was the name of God himself. So now that song, Here Is Love, which speaks about this Jesus and all he did and all that means for the eyes of you. Let's worship God.
joining us and listening in to this broadcast hope you're doing all you can to stay connected yourself feel free to pass this audio on to someone else a family member or friend and uh, then uh, why not uh, why not then pass it on to somebody so that they can have a listen to share with them ask with, ask them what they what they make of it or maybe you've got a question yourself that you'd like to contact the church of about if you have then give us a ring I want 305 26 7171 or encourage those you passed it on to to check out our website www.dorchestercommunitychurch.org.uk Thanks ever so much and in the meantime make sure you keep yourself connected <laughs> 